0: Hello friends and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Harrison Lee, and i a Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. On tonight's episode, we are going to be continuing our free agent frenzy stuff. There's very little to announce from the Jets end other than that Matthew Perot has departed for greener pastures. He is signing with the Montreal Canadiens for about nine hundred or 950000 for one year. This one actually stings a lot. I, I love Matthew Perot, and I think a lot of people are very much a fan of him. Over the past couple of years, Perot's game did kind of fall off just because he just kept getting injured, you know, and it was hard for him to stay in the lineup. Even when he was, he was bounced around a lot, but he was always one of those players that... When it comes to crafty, savvy veterans, guys who fight every shift, who wants to create and, and really be a pest around the goal mouth, players who are consistent, and, and veterans who have all of the skill sets that make them productive, while also bringing the grit and determination that we love to see, Perot was always that guy to me, and I feel like his loss is going to be felt. He, uh, you know, he was certainly vocal at times. I remember him not being really happy with Truba when Jake was holding out, but of course they seemed to get over things and Truba ended up moving on. But Perot has always been around and he's been a constant for this team. He's been their best free agent signing. Uh, You know, he's one of my favorite Jets, or I guess now ex-Jets. And it's tough to see him go. You know, I was hoping that he would stay around for one more season, but I totally understand if he wants to move on and maybe try something new. He finally gets to go home. He has totally earned that right to decide for himself what he wants his career to be. And on a personal side of things, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he gets to go home. He's going to play in Montreal. I think the fans will love him. They love their French players and certainly French-speaking players, so I'm sure he'll fit in right there. And the reason that he is going to Montreal is because Corey Perry has departed, and it sounds like the Tampa Bay Lightning have scooped Perry up for two years at $1 million per season. This is actually a very interesting signing because I'm a little bit mixed on Perry's impact. On the one hand, I think Corey can actually be a very effective fourth liner and somebody who has at least a decent amount of scoring skill mixed with a good amount of grit. You know, there was a time when I wasn't really fond of Perry because, let's let's be honest, he was a bit of a cheap shot artist. He was never like an outright goon, but he certainly had a lot of really dangerous hits and edgy plays that I think a lot of people were kind of like, "eh, you know, he's a bit of a a bit of a troll on the ice." So his most recent stint with the Habs for me was honestly kind of surprising. It felt like his game, I don't know, maybe changed and maybe he had somehow matured despite. Being towards the end of his NHL career, maybe his game and and mindset has changed as to how he wants to approach his position, but I feel like Tampa Bay is going to be getting at least an interesting player, somebody who can be a pest around the net, and we know that whenever Tampa buys somebody, they almost always look better no matter what. There are very few players that the Lightning can't at least hide or make look great somehow. I, I don't know what sort of magic they use with John Cooper, but he seems to find the best of most of his players. There are a lot of signings that we didn't get to yesterday, but we're going to start off with the other newest ones. Um, Corey Perry was one of the most recent transactions, same with Perot, and I feel like it's just easier to go through the, the newest announcements. So let's start off with the Buffalo Sabres, bringing in John Hayden. The only reason the Hayden signing is kind of noteworthy is just because it's for one year at 750000 And I remember Hayden being a much-talked-about Chicago Blackhawks player a couple of seasons ago when people were like, oh, this rookie stepped in. He's like, I don't know, he was like 24 at the time. And there was this expectation that he would somehow do something at the NHL level consistently. Hayden has never really matched those impressive early career totals. I feel like what he is at this stage of his career, it's basically a fourth liner, and I feel like it's a good cautionary tale and maybe reading into too much of like those small sample sizes. Some guys legitimately thrive, but then there are, you know, tons of players like Hayden who do have some, you know, NHL value. They can actually play a role, but you just shouldn't expect all that much from them. Speaking of players that you should probably limit expectations with, we have Dallas signing Michael Raffl for 1.1 million at 1 year. I don't even know what Raffle is at this stage of his career. He was basically a depth forward when he was with the Philadelphia Flyers towards the end there. Michael used to be a really underrated winger and actually a pretty decent scorer as well as a play driver. But as time goes on, he has kind of aged out. He's sort of like Matt Reed in that the Flyers have have honestly evolved beyond their need for him. So Raffle has kind of been pushed to the periphery. I feel like Dallas is mostly looking to make fringe moves here. I don't really know what their long-term plan is. The Stars are one of those teams where I'm very confused as to what direction they're trying to push for. I feel like they're a team that could be pretty decent, but... I don't know, maybe they want to start pushing towards a longer-term rebuild vision down the road. They have an okay playoff-caliber roster right now, but the loss of Alexiac is actually pretty significant, and I feel like the rest of the roster is, is kind of starting to show its age, so at some point, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do. They've resigned Miro Heisken into a major contract, but... You know, you've got John Klingberg that they apparently want to get rid of for some reason. I don't know why. You know, Klingberg's awesome, but maybe they're trying to get younger or something. I don't know. The, the Stars are a strange team to me. I feel like Dallas, over the past couple of seasons, they've maybe been a little bit stagnant. They've brought in another player on a free agent contract, uh, Yanni Hakanpa, at three years for $1.5 million per season, and Hakanpa, or is it maybe Hakanpa, I forget which pronunciation is the correct one, but uh, Yanni is, is one of those players who is a fine depth defender. I don't know if you necessarily need to sign him for three years. I feel like players like him tend to hit the free agency market quite frequently, and usually you just sign him for a year or two. Maybe that cost certainty is what they're looking for. $1.5 million per season, It's it's fine. He's mostly an all-defense kind of guy. I don't expect him to be generating many points on Dallas's back end. I feel like they're trying to lock things down more, which that's sort of old-school uh, Stars. I feel like there was a time when they were a lot more exciting and, and dynamic, but the recent iteration of this team has has very much been defense-first focused, which is, it's fine. It's just, I don't know, it's not as watchable as it used to be. I think the older Stars, where they were very dynamic, very offensive, maybe a little bit too high danger. Those Lindy Ruff era teams were just a little bit more interesting to watch. Naturally, Dallas wasn't the only Central Division team that has been very busy. Up next, we're going to take a look at some of the St. Louis Blues moves and how they might make Winnipeg's life a little bit harder over the next couple of years. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. In the wild, wild west of online bets, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, UFC, MMA, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and scout all the contests for your next win. Stop sitting on the sidelines as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, go to betonline.ag and register for a free account, and be sure to use promo code On to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code On at registration to receive a matched welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at tons of free agent signings. It is now day two of the proceedings, and of course, plenty of teams are still making moves. Some of them are are maybe better than others. Some of them are like Vancouver, who apparently really loved Tucker Pullman and signed him for a four-year contract. But then there are teams like the Blues that seemingly want to make a a pretty decent amount of improvements. And I have to say, their AHL team is already looking like it's going to be massively improved. They're bringing in Matthew Pekka, Nathan Todd, and Charlie Lindgren. Uh, Lindgren and Matthew Pekka are both on minor league contracts, while Todd apparently may have some kind of like a two-way deal. If you remember Nathan for any reason, it's because last year he basically showed up out of nowhere. I think he had like, what, 35 or 40 career pro games at the AHL level, and suddenly he was like a 20-plus goal scorer for the Moose. Nathan both led the way in having first names as his full name and in goals for the Moose. I'm glad to see him getting a, a nice little promotion here. He's going to move to a very good system, and I feel like Todd definitely deserves something of a raise. Of course, signing some minor league guys isn't what makes St. Louis looking a, a little bit more dangerous next season. They have now brought in Brandon Saad at five years for about $4.5 per season. Now, Saad is one of those guys that I would have been okay with the Jets taking a run at. I feel like his, his contract term is just slightly on the longer side, and he's got a no-movement clause for the first couple of seasons. I don't think in and of itself it's all that bad. Four and a half million per season is very fair value for a guy who, quite honestly, is a really good top six play driver. If you're looking for a creative winger who likes to attack space and can transition the puck up along the wings, uh, you know, you're, you're getting a pretty good one in Saad. He's also got a pretty decent shot, He's not really like a prolific goal scorer or anything, but he just seemingly creates a lot of helpful facilitation inside the offensive zone, and he can be a really versatile threat whether he's at even strength or on the power play. Again, not really like a guy who tends to score tons of points, but when he's on the ice, your team is usually doing better things in the offensive zone. What is interesting about this signing is that it basically means Vladdy Tarasenko has to be getting moved sometime soon. We all knew that he was basically on the outs, but Tarasenko... I don't know where he's going to go, to be honest. I've heard a lot of links to the New York Islanders. I don't know if that's just fan speculation or if somebody in the media is is really pushing for this move. It could be a thing that happens. I don't really know. I feel like the Islanders maybe need to really bulk up in goal-scoring ability. They are are still trying to work out the Casey Suzekas contract, but... I think they're a team that quite honestly just doesn't have enough high-end goal scoring at their front end, which is, it's it's a hard thing to work around because it's, it's difficult to find really good shooting talent that doesn't often impact you negatively in other areas. I like Tarasenko a lot. I'm not sure about his current contract with his current health concerns. You know, it's only for two more years, but, you know, it is a pretty big cap hit, so to some degree I do think the Blues would need to eat at least a little bit to make it work. But if Tarasenko was to become a New York Islander, they would be a much more interesting team. I don't know if they would be able to re-sign some of their free agents, but hey, there is like a way that they could probably work it out and still keep some of their guys like Beauvillier... I'm just not sure how worth it it is. I look at that Islanders team and continually it's it's a difficult question with them whether they need to start thinking about the long term or whether they can keep that competitive window open. It's obvious which choice they've made, but I think the answer is still kind of unclear because in some ways that team just doesn't have enough to really be at least consistently competitive beyond making a playoff appearance. They can get through a round or two, but I feel like You start getting later and later into the postseason, eventually you're going to run into like a Tampa Bay. And the Lightning just have way too many weapons to work around. Kind of on a related note, we also saw the Seattle Kraken work to bring a little bit more forward talent to their own team, but they've brought in Jaden Schwartz. And this one is interesting. It's a little over $5 million per season, but Schwartz for me is not really uh, as prolific a goal scorer as he used to be. I think he's still an immensely talented player, but if you look at somebody like Tarasenko, right, Tarasenko has just got that natural talent and the natural release to make everything deadly. Jaden in his heyday was like a really good offensive creator who also had a great release and very smart offensive positioning. I, I don't know if he's the kind of guy that I would really want to give a lot of term and money to, especially for a team like Seattle. I feel like... At this stage of his career, he's probably more of like a middle six winger, but maybe he's still got some second line or first line duty in him. It could be that he just needs a big change of scenery and he's going to go back to dominating, but I think at this stage of his career, he's in his 30s. I feel like it's probably more on the downswing now. The other really confusing signing for the uh, for the Kraken is Philip Grubauer signing a six-year deal for just about $5 million or so per season. I I really don't get this move. I feel like Grubauer is one of those players who is more a product of the team that he played for than he is an excellent high-end goalie that you pay $5 million per season for. And I say this as somebody who has a big soft spot for Gruby. I don't really feel like he's actually worthy of a Vezina finalist place. I think he's a good goalie, a pretty decent one, actually. And certainly if you're looking for, like, a starter, if you did, like, a 4x4 deal or something like that, I think that's livable, but 6x5 is a little bit much in my opinion. And I think it makes me ask the question of what Seattle's long-term strategy is. I feel like they didn't really get many assets for those bad players I mentioned they took in, you know, previous episodes, and then they, they kind of watched some of the guys that they drank to end up signing with their original teams and now they're signing big free agency deals but to what end, I guess is my biggest question. Are they looking to bring in fans with some kind of quality ice hockey because they would have had to have taken better players than they did and now they're signing free agency contracts that quite honestly don't really seem like great value. It's hard to find good deals in free agency anyways just with how the market works but especially this year when everyone's throwing around money like crazy. I don't know about this one, man. This This is a strange one. Grubauer signed for that long, and then Schwartz signing for, you know, around the same price and nearly the same term. I'm just a little bit confused, to be honest. But this is why I'm not an NHL GM. It doesn't have to be a thing that I really worry about. Seattle's not the only Pacific Division team that has been busy. We've got a couple more signings to announce from some of those uh, more Western-oriented squads in just a moment. But before then, I wanted to shout out tonight's sponsors at rockauto.com. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy to use, intuitive website, allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock and best of all you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked underneath how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockado.com today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Uh, we are recovering free agency stuff, but of course, every time I want to record and like I say, oh, up next we're going to talk about so-and-so, yeah, something else happens in between while I'm in the middle of recording. And of course, the Blue Jackets decided now would be an amazing time to kind of drop an absolute bombshell contract of signing Zach Wierenski for six years, but the real kicker is when you look at the average annual cap hit, and it is 9.583 million. Wow. Wow. Um, that is a contract. Now, Orenski at one point I thought was a really good blue liner. I, I feel like Zach nowadays is probably... I mean, he's capable of being, like, a top-pairing guy if you give him the right partner, but I'm not actually sure he's going to put out numbers that sort of equal that. We know he's obviously very gifted when he's in possession of the puck, and certainly as an offensive attacker, he's got all of the skills and tool sets that you would look for on the back end, but... The rest of his game and certainly even the offensive output just hasn't really been there in terms of of what you'd expect for somebody that you're paying nearly $10 million per season for. This contract is definitely one of those things where Columbus is is trying to get out ahead of him wanting out of the team, I would think. I, I look at this as, please stay in Columbus, don't leave us, we need superstar players to build around, you're our guy that we want to start building a team around, but I don't know about this contract, man, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking... This is really, really, really expensive, and I'm not sure he's actually worth that price tag. All I'm hoping is that this deal basically goes by the wayside as far as the Neil Pionk contract extensions are concerned. Hopefully the Jets can get Neil for under $6 million. Not sure it's going to happen. You know, six would be pushing it by my mind, but maybe if they can get term, they can kind of keep that cap hit down just a little bit. Jeez, though, $10 million for Wierenski per season. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, and here I thought I had a couple of really crazy deals to talk about after this but that one just kind of came out of the blue and it it's a doozy. Of course it wasn't the only slightly amusing D contract handed out. We had yesterday the one one of the ones that I was originally going to talk about before the whole Werenski news broke. This one was Cody CC signing for the Edmonton Oilers at just over 4 million per season. I know that CeCe was decent in Pittsburgh. In fact, he was putting up numbers and results that looked closer to, like, a second pairing D than the the typical fringe guy that a lot of people thought he was. But you have to be out of your mind to sign him for four years at almost $4 million per season. That's just nuts. That contract is just asking for trouble. I could imagine that CeCe is going to be used as, like, a top four D, and I just... I can't see it man. I really don't understand why Edmonton would try and go for this, but you know, this is a team that hasn't really had great talent evaluation over the past several years. I'm not really shocked that again they have made another mistake. Maybe the contract looks okay in the first year, but I can guarantee you at some point that thing is going to look really nasty. And one slight correction, it's it's just under 4 million, not quite 4 million per season, but it's it's pretty close. It's 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 borderline, man. It's around what? Like 3.3ish, something like that. I would say a fair value contract for what I would be looking for CEC to do is probably somewhere along the lines of two by two and a half or three by three maybe, but four by three or even a little bit over that is actually pretty crazy. Similarly, the Dallas Stars signed Ryan Souter for four years at a little over four million, around I would say four point two five to four point three ish per season, which that's eh, just a bit rich for my take. Suter, at this stage of his career, is, is still a capable second-pairing defender, but signing him for four seasons carries a decent amount of risk, and that is a major cap hit. I know that they're trying to sign Hakanpa and Suter to replace some of their lost back-end blue-line movement in, in defense, but I don't think that's really going to fix it. It's not as bad as signing Derek Forbort for 3x3, but it's certainly not great either. The last contract that I find very interesting, and I don't recall if I mentioned this one yesterday, but if I didn't, it's Blake Coleman signing for six years at just under $5 million per season. Now, this is a contract that, team aside, I love on its own. I'm a big Coleman fan. I feel like the term is just a little bit long, but the average annual value is is decent. This is a player that you can literally use anywhere. Up and down the lineup, no matter what line you want to use him on, he's going to provide excellent value. I think my biggest question is why he would go to Calgary. I feel like the Flames, in terms of ice time, will give him plenty of opportunities. But if you really want to win, I don't know if that's the team I would move to. The Flames kind of need to blow it up at some point in the near future. Coleman isn't really going to solve some of their biggest needs, but maybe he can be a really good top six option for a team that frankly doesn't have a lot of depth down the middle. I don't know though, it's just a strange signing. I feel like, you know, for the Flames, they've constantly done a lot of fill in the gap moves to try and at least appear more competitive. This team is not really built for the long term, and I feel like at some point, they're going to have to reconcile that they do need to move Johnny Goudreau and probably Sean Monahan too. They have some exciting young talents on the wings, but some of those guys are in their early 20s already, and when you look at the prospect pool, there's not a whole lot there to really sign for the future. They're one of those teams that's kind of stuck in limbo, and I don't know about their free agency approach. We'll see if it kind of pans out and maybe they can actually advance their way through a pretty weak Pacific division, but yeah... Not one that I am I am counting on a whole lot. On tomorrow's show, we are going to continue our free agent transaction frenzy and talk about some of the trades that have resulted out of some of these signings. Obviously, there's way too much stuff to get through in one show. Um, but we'll, we'll be back tomorrow for even more trade action and free agent discussions. Hopefully the Jets have signed a couple of players. I've heard that they are, are still trying to make a move for a top-nine forward, but finding the cap space is certainly difficult, and they've got a number of free agents that they need to re-sign as well. That is going to do it for tonight's show, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our live NBA Draft show. NBA Draft GOAT Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Lockdown on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, thanks so much for your support. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, and Go Jets Go!